Welcome everyone to episode 11 of the Wild Will Throwdown. Uh, my name is Will Greenwell, like always, ready for another incredible show today. Uh, first, of course, we're going to recap a little bit of the results from around the area uh, this past weekend. Friday night was, of course, the only day that Mother Nature reigned supreme. Uh, luckily, Saturday, we got a beautiful weather in, uh, beautiful racing in. It was just a beautiful day all around. But Sunday, we had the threat, but there was some racing in the area, and luckily, we got some of that in. But uh, first, we're going to recap a little of those results around the area. Of course, I'm going to have Hawk Harold Adams here on with me uh, quite a bit here. He's my counterpart. Um, he's going to be talking a little about the stuff in the area as well. We'll pre- preview some of the upcoming events. And uh, this weekend, June 17th, 18th, 19th around the area. And it's impressive that we're already over the halfway point of June. And it's just crazy. But first, welcome my counterpart, Mr. Harold Adams, to discuss some of the action around the area. Hawk, how are we doing today on this hot, hot day? Yeah, I know uh, it uh, feels pretty warm out there for sure. Sun, sun shining bright, nice and warm. Going to be a hot week. And, uh, you know, this is what we wanted. You know, we talked all about it in the early season. We had all this cold weather, all this rainy weather. We was like, we can't wait till it's hot and dry. Well, it's here finally. So we're going to deal with it. I can deal with it myself better than the cold. So uh, I, didn't, I ain't got no problem with it at all. But yeah, like I say, it's going to be hot all week. Looks like this upcoming weekend's temperature's going to cool down a little bit out of the 90s, maybe into the 80s. So it should be really nice. Looks dry again. So we're on a good trend there. So it looks good. So everybody should plan on coming out this weekend to whatever track they want to go to and support their local tracks. Yeah, and here we are June 15th on this Wednesday, and uh, it is hot and steamy. Mother Nature has finally let the fire beyond us. So it looks how the weather looks right now this weekend is going to be pure sunshine, hot, so make sure you stay hydrated. We want to preach that a lot. Hydrate, sunscreen, that is two of the most important parts. I know you always laugh at me because usually I'm the one getting toasted. You always got to remind Will, man, put that sunblock on because I don't want to see you turn beet red, which I have done before. And anyway, so anyway, yeah, everybody should do that. You know, take care of yourselves. We want to see you back at the track the following week. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> As we said many times over the weekend, no doubt about it. Uh, that's a little inside with me and Harold Adams, but that's fun. Um, you know, here we go. We're going to kick it off with Salem Speedway, a place I call home. Uh, what a great night of racing it was Saturday night. In action was the Lucas Oil Great American Stocks, the Wilcox Towing and Trucking Scrapper Division, the MR Heating and Air Crown Vicks on the High Banks Figure 8 and Inner Small Track, plus the debut of the Salem Speedway 602 Series, which is really awesome to see. And we also had the all-exciting Midwest Old-Timers Club with us showing those antique cars. And, man, Harold, you know about the Midwest Old-Timers Club. It's really cool to see those cars come to your facility. Yeah, we've seen them a few times down at Sportstrom. we even seen them up at Mount Lawn before. They like to travel around the whole region. They got all these race cars that are real race cars that they have rebuilt or just kept and then uh, uh, fixed them up again. They actually run. That takes a few laps out on the track. Really takes you back to the old days. Yeah, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. Uh, you know, we, we had the scrapper division, and, man, the crowd was on their feet. They love this beating and banging, almost like a banger division overseas in different countries like Europe. But in the scrapper division, we saw an awesome event. It was Logan Clark in the number 11 picking up the first triple 20. And then back-to-back, he now has four wins on the year in a scrapper mobile, and that's Tyler White in the number seven, so pretty impressive. As we do usually do the recording of the show here at Salem Speedway, and we can also look out right now and just see a bunch of junk cars laying all over the racetrack. Pretty interesting to see. 
But the new Salem Speedway 602 Series, this division, I have a feeling, is going to grow 100%. We saw three of the best come out this past Saturday. And uh, Joe Cooksey in the number 51 told me he's been talking to a lot of drivers, about four or five more coming the next show. So hopefully that will be a great time. But Gage Rogers, young gun out there in the number 69, he picked up the first 15-lap dash in the number 69. Joe Cooksey in the number 51 picked up the second. And tough break for the rising star Ashton Thompson was leading most of the second dash, lost something in the battery coming off turn number four and lost power. And that was allowing Joe Cooksey to take over that number one spot to finish it out. The Crown Vicks were on hand as well. Daniel Lister picked up the figure eight win in the number 54. Chase Adams, the defending Indianapolis Speedrome track champion in the ovals for the Fords, he picked up the small oval event, and it was time for the high bank twin event. Now, the first twin, it was scheduled to be twin 30s, but the first one was 30. Uh, Glenn Luckett, our race director, and everyone here made it a 20-lapper on the second one. What a battle it was between the 19 and 49 of Jerry Payne all night long. The first one went to Daniel Durrett. But, man, I was screaming out the top of my lungs. I know you saw the video, Harold Adams. What a battle between Jerry Payne and Daniel Durrett. Last lap by a bumper. Jerry Payne picks up that win. Very awesome to see. The main event of the day was the good one. It was the Lucas Oil Great American Stocks 50-lap event. All race long, it was Skeeter Crumb, the defending champion of Lucas Oil Great American Stocks, battling with Craig Luther's number 48. And man, overall fastest qualifier for Craig Luther. Very impressive to see um, that 48 team really thrashing. But at the end of the day, not even over a second, uh, the lead was Skeeter Crumb in the number 22 picked up that win. First appearance to 2022 at Salem Speedway for that man. All right, Hawk, now we're going to talk a little bit about where you were this past Saturday night. Yes, take a look and see what happened at the Sports Drome. On uh, June 11th, we had the Triple 25s for the Kentucky and Tankwash Modified Figure 8 Division. Three 25-lap features. You kind of combine the points, and you get an overall finish at the end. Uh, in qualifying, it was uh, the zero Matt Johnson fast qualifier, 21.223 on the figure eight course there. They started the first 25 lapper straight up by qualifying. And being as it was early in the evening with the sun up shining, they decided to do a little twist and they turned uh, the course around the other way. So the first event was actually run in the backwards uh, direction than normal. And uh, it went to Dale Shelton in the 58 with uh, Matt Johnson second and uh, young and rising star in the nine, Robbie Greenwell, getting third. Now, in the second 25-lapper, they run the regular way, and they inverted from qualifying. So Matt Johnson, uh, excuse me, yes, uh, in this one, it ended up being... um, uh, Let me go back and say, Matt Johnson actually won the first one. I was looking at the overall... So we'll go back. Uh, first 25 lapper of the fast qualifier, Matt Johnson took the lead and uh, led the whole way with Dale Shelton right behind him the whole way. Mike Berry in the 51 was third. Now in the second one, they did invert by qualifying. So the fast qualifiers were in the back and Dale Shelton did make his way all the way up to the front to win that second one. Matt Johnson got kind of caught up in a, a couple uh instances where he uh, kind of locked up a little bit and kind of knocked the front end around a little bit. And I think he just never was really sharp after that, kind of bent something up a little bit. Still came away with a fifth-place finish. Uh, Gerald Poe was second. Robert Greenwell was third. And they came out for the third one. They inverted from the finish of the second one. 
And in that one, uh, Buddy Vertries, who had some tough luck earlier in the first two, he ended up being the winner in that four car uh, owned by Ray uh, Logsdon. Mike Berry got second, Robbie Greenwell third. Now, Matt Johnson came up and uh, was running fourth, and Dale Shelton at a 58 was fifth, and that's all he needed to do. He didn't need to win, so he played it, played the game right, stayed right there where he needed to be, up towards the front, made sure he wasn't too far behind Matt Johnson in the points. So, therefore, Dale Shelton, the old legend, coming back uh, strong this year in the 58, was your overall winner with Matt Johnson taking second. And as I said, Robbie Greenwell, uh, young and rising star, son of Darren Greenwell, uh, legendary figure eight driver and outlaw figure eight driver, Robbie got third overall. So probably one of his best showing so far in his young career. So uh, awesome to see the modified figure eights doing a great job uh, entertaining as they always do. Uh, My race eight pro front wheel drives were on the oval and the figure eight that night. And uh, we had a special dash for cash. Uh, the 24 Tyler Shelton taking that victory in the 25-lap feature for the Ovals. Uh, Tyler Shelton was on the pole, uh, led the whole way, although he uh, had an incredible challenge from the double zero. Young rising star LJ Crane came up, and they run side-by-side for the last few laps as points leader the 67, Jamie Beerman Harbin, came up and caught him and was right behind both of them for the last two or three laps. But it was Tyler Shelton taking home the victory, and Crane was second, and Jamie Beerman Harbin settled for third. And then later on, we had the Race 8 Pro Front-Wheel Drive Figure 8, uh, their second time this season on the Figure 8, the 25-lap feature, won by a uh, familiar name on the Figure 8s, the 44, Nick Cooper coming away with the win. Uh, Bubby Gedling, a former champion in the figure eights in the 52, got second. And Zach Minton, the early leader, could not hold off Bubby or Nick later in the uh, stage of that feature. Zach settled for third. Uh, Looking to the affordable Fords, always coming out in full force. We had about 55 Fords total on the grounds. Uh, We had uh, uh, heat winners uh, Carter Cook. Uh, young Carter Cook usually races a lot of front-wheel drive. A uh, young man, uh, first time in the Ford down there at Sportsdrome, got a heat race win. Uh, Kenny St. Clair Sr. got a heat race win. Also, Troy Moore, Jack Yeager, and Zach Cecil all picking up heat race wins. Uh, in the 25-lap features, as they usually do, they have uh, basically two A features, and we also had enough for a B feature. In the first A feature, it was uh, picking up his first career feature event win was number 53 Travis Woner. so it was great to see him uh, a guy who uh, comes out there and uh, uh, gives it his all and uh, uh, has had some tough luck here and there still learning the ropes and had a great run so great to see him win that in the second feature is the 160 Peyton Whitsett uh, who uh, run a great race looked very strong winning his second career feature win and in that B feature, winning his first feature event also, uh, Kenny St. Clair, uh, excuse me, Kenny St. Clair Sr. winning that in the 81. That was his first victory. So uh, he was really thrilled with that. So great action all the way around. We also had the Fords on the figure eight. Don't want to forget them. They had some heat races. They don't always get heats. This time they did. The 141, Ronnie Basham in the uh, Craig Wilder 
owned machine. Also, Paul Hartlich winning the other heat race. And in the feature, it was that 141, Ronnie Basham III picking up the win over Derek Smith, who was basically filling in for AJC in the 28 machine with uh, Jacob Robertson rounding out the top three in the 91 car. So those guys put on a heck of a show again, always do, the affordable Fords. And uh, it was another great race. And uh, it was a great night for racing. We had a good crowd, so it was good to see. Always great racing down there, of course, the uh, quarter mile at Sportstrom Speedway. Brownstown Speedway was off this past weekend for the running of the Dream at Eldora. And, of course, the Eldora Million took place as well. The Indianapolis Speed Drum, a sister track, I call it, to Sportstrom Speedway, was in action this past Saturday night as Doug Gregg, the legend, leading the most laps in the three-hour, picked up the win at the Browns Oil Late Models. And, Hawk, can you believe it? We're just less than three months away from that three-hour world championship. Yeah, we talked about that before last week. Uh, you know, we always think about that as the season progresses. We always hate to see the season come to an end, but when, when it does come towards the end, we know the three hours right there on the horizon. That's something we always look forward to. So now we move to a place that we were this past Sunday. You and I were at the historic Mount Lawn Speedway. Of course, they opened in 1934, zero-degree banking. Very interesting configuration of that track. Of course, you have turn one, turn two, the dog leg, the back stretch, short turn, and then the front stretch. So it's kind of different, and these drivers were put to the test. Austin Coe picked up uh, the Joe James Pat O'Connor Memorial event in the number 28, Wooten Automotive and Towing Modified. Trent Gosser, who you got to interview on track, won the Accelerated Race Cars Pro Compact event. Chris Gray picked up the JW Photography Stock Compacts. Very hard-charging award there. And in the CRA Van Hoy Oil, say that three times fast, Street Stocks, it was Andrew Teepe clinching the win in that one. Blaine Aiken led most of that event, started on the pole, got into some trouble coming out of the dog leg. Uh, tough break for that young man. There was also many other events around the country as the Eldora Million took place as Jonathan Davenport picked up the $1 million $2,022 to win payday. And that event was over 5000 just to start 24th, I believe, or 26. I don't know how many they started exactly. But uh, and then the next night, no short of pay, $128,000 to win. So uh, very impressive there. And NASCAR was at Sonoma this past weekend at the road course. And our buddy Travis Mack, who's a local in the Louisville area, the crew chief of the number 99 of Daniel Suarez, picked up the win, his first win in the Cup Series. As a crew chief, I believe, Daniel Suarez, first Cup win ever. Congratulations to him as well. And that's pretty impressive on the big circuit. That's the top of the line. That's the top as you can go. Yeah, pretty awesome uh, action all the way around. You know, uh, wherever you want to go for racing action this time of year now, we're really getting into the meat of the season, whether that be your local short track, regional tracks, or if you want to watch things on TV as NASCAR and all those other big events, plenty of racing to go around. Yeah, and we always talk about these days, the new generation, the new streaming, I guess you will. You have Flow Racing, which is not bad. It's 150 a year. You have, of course, us at Dirt 2 Media, which we always love pushing. Um, you have Dirt Vision. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there for racing these days. But uh, always want to give a shout-out to the Dirt2Media.com. 
local racing in the area, make sure you go there. They cover Brownstown. They cover Salem Speedway. They've covered some events at Sportstrom Speedway, US 24, huge micro sprint races, which we hope to acquire at Clark County, uh, Clark County Speedway. Sorry about that. Um, but very cool to see. But uh, coming up next, we will interview the number 39. He is our guest today, the driver of the number 39 Vores Compact Touring Series. That will be Kyle Frame coming up next here on the Wild Will Throwdown presented by Dirt 2 Media. All right, coming on back right now, we got a guest. He is the driver that finished fifth in the Vores Compact Touring Series in 2021 and currently on the tour now. Please welcome the driver of the number 39, Kyle Frame. Kyle, thanks for being here today and welcome out there on the Vore circuit. And we'll get a little bit later into that, but uh, thanks for being here today, my man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, I always listen to the podcast. They're always pretty good, so it's exciting to be on one. Let's see where we can go. Absolutely. So first of all, Kyle, let's jump into it. Uh, as every show, we ask the list or the listeners want to know about how this driver started. How did you start racing? Start all the way back to you can remember. How did you become uh, a driver in a front wheel drive up to this point? Uh, yeah, actually, um, let's see. 2016 was my first actual year of racing. Um, I had bought an M3 BMW that I had just done some autocross events in like 13, 14, and 15, just sporadically. Um, and then 2016, 2015 winter came around and I was like, well, I want to do something else. So I'm either going to buy a dirt bike or I'm going to buy a front wheel drive. We've been going to the sports drone, watching some races. And I was like, let's, let's see what we can do. So we bought one, built it over the winter of 15 and 16, came out racing 16 and actually ran about half the season and broke my hand and couldn't finish the rest of the season. Um, and then 17, we rebuilt the car changed the colors and everything like that ran out went won three features three features in 17 finished third in the points over at the sports drone and then after that we were like well let's see what else we can do so we built the hatch and went vores racing the first couple years with the vores series was not uh easy to say the least we blew up a couple engines had transmission i mean i think we finished maybe two races a season for the first three seasons with them um, and then really had our breakout year in 2020 when COVID hit. We ran really well because um, it was a shortened season. We only started in June or July. Ran about seven races. Um, finished about half of them, but when I did finish, it was really good. Um, and then 2020, we went down to Florida for the season opener with Vores and won in Pensacola at Five Flags. Um had a good couple races after that came to salem won here a couple weeks later went back to anderson and won the the big 75 lapper there and since then it's been kind of stale stagnant but we're uh, making good strides and had a good run at anderson this weekend or at least qualifying before it rained out absolutely now um i you introduced me to your girlfriend here a while ago and uh we'll bring her in here for a moment um just a little spot on but i didn't know this she actually is from michigan and she competed so what is your name dana so uh, wait correct me on that this is a layback show it's dina that's actually really cool well dina come in here say a few words real quick how did you? Yeah, come on in here. It's it's laid back. We're all having fun on the Wild Wheel Throwdown. So, how did you get started racing? And uh, explain what you drove because l- listeners like to know about you know the lives of these racers. Um, about seven years ago, I started Night of Destruction, which is full contact racing, 
And about four years into that, uh, the track owners at New Paris asked me to get into regular racing. So I bought a Neon and stripped it and made it a Hornet. Did that for two years and then got into front-wheel drives. So last year was my first full season in front-wheel drives. And I took second in the points. So. Well, now, I won't keep you long here, but I'm fascinated... Michigan has a lot of racetracks up there. They have a lot of short tracks. You know, we were just talking before we started recording about Kalamazoo, how it's a high-banked track there. I've always wanted to go to Kalamazoo and never made it yet. But describe some of those tracks up there that you've competed at and some of the tracks in the Michigan area, and I won't keep you long. I just uh, Our viewers like to hear about different tracks, but uh, Michigan has a lot of good short tracks. All right. Well, I guess I'll start off with my favorite track in Michigan. That would be Springport. Um, it's a 3 eighths. Um, the owners there take pretty good care of their drivers. Um, they do a big race in October. It's called Michigan Cup. So the owners will they'll have 100 plus cars, sometimes 200. And it's a whole weekend of numerous amounts of heats. They run modifieds weekly. They run street stocks. They run um, late models. And they run it, the front wheel drives in an ABC format. So they don't do the Hornets or the ports, the port stocks, and then the front wheel drives. Um, Galesburg is another flat track. That's a quarter mile. Mottville's a quarter mile. New Paris is a banked quarter mile. I think Kyle called it a bull ring when I took him there the other week. <laughs> um, and then Kalamazoo is a phenomenal track. Um, that's banked. That's probably one of the fastest tracks in know besides South Bend. Um, other than that, yeah. Other than that, I think... I don't know. I think my second favorite track is... Yeah, Corgonel's a good track. There's so many, yeah. An insane amount. So, it's all fun. <laughs> no, that's excellent. I've actually been to South Bend. It's one of my favorite tracks many times. A little short track, high banked. Uh, always love going up there during three-hour weekend. Usually I can make that big show on that Sunday. Uh, but now, one more question. Tell us what you were telling me, what you and Kyle are getting ready to do here soon. Um, I believe it's the 3rd of July. Um, Drew Jack, who owns the um, series, the, yep, the national series, he is putting us in a stacker car. So Kyle will be on the top car steering, and I'll be on the bottom um, hitting the Jesus pedal. <laughs> and he'll probably be screaming at me, telling me to s slow it down going into the turn. So we might flip. The goal is to flip a time or two, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. That's pretty awesome. Thanks for just saying a few words here. Any racer I like to have on here, it's just how I go with that. Uh, but now, let's talk about the state of front-wheel drive racing. As everyone knows, all over the nation, we have tire shortages. We have fuel prices out the roof. Uh, how would you describe the state of the front-wheel drives right now as it speaks? I know you're in a national touring series. I know it's the national, not the national compact touring series, but the VORS is a national series. Uh, explain how things are in that organization. Um, as far as tires go right now, we're in a good situation. Um, Steve has a very good relationship with Hoosier Tire. Um, so at the beginning of the year, he got, I, I don't know the exact number, but he got, I would say, hundreds of tires from Hoosier at the beginning of the year. Um, they allocated us six tires for the first three races, including Florida, and then one tire per race. Um, and you, if you can manage it, you, you don't need that many tires. I've been able to, I think I've bought, I bought my first six and then I think I've only bought one since, uh, and that was for this weekend. Um, 
fuel fuel really isn't too bad for me because I well I mean it, it's gone up here in the past couple weeks but I, I run 93 so it's really not that bad of a, a hurt for me um, the most that I'm struggling with right now is just transportation getting to and from the tracks because of the price of fuel um, we're looking good on tires I think they still had some left over from last year that, that they had saved plus the additional that they got this year I don't know how it is for the other series I know Hoosier has Hoosier basically told us that they're going to continue, not continue making the 790. Um, so I know that's probably going to hurt some other series, some other tracks, but I, I don't know where they stand with that. That's That was what they were looking at doing. They didn't say we're going to do that. They said we're looking at doing that. So we're, we're on the 795s, which is just a little bit harder of a, harder of a compound tire. Um, really not too terrible. Uh, like I said, Steve takes really good care of us and gets a lot of tires for us. Yeah, no doubt about it. Very uh, heard good things about that side of it as well. You know, you hear a lot of different things about a lot of national series, whether it be front wheel drives, late models, super late models, dirt late models. It don't matter. It's you know, it's a series thing. Um, you know, it's definitely an unpredicted, uh, unprecedented, I should say, year in motorsports and everything in in all the supply chains and everything. We never thought we'd. I never thought I'd be sitting here talking about a tire shortage. I mean, that is something that you would have never expected. Uh, but let's talk about some of the tracks on the Vors uh, circuit. What is one of your most challenging tracks and one of your better tracks on the tour? Uh, my most challenging track has definitely been Winchester, uh, mainly because I've made about 10 green flag laps at Winchester. Uh, probably practice a total of an hour long in the three races that I've been. Uh, I made eight laps in a heat race, and each time I've been in an A main, I've made two laps and wrecked. Um, not been able to finish. So, Winchester's definitely my most challenging track at the moment. Um, my Probably one of my favorite tracks uh, has become Anderson. Um, Angola, I had a really good run up there last year. I, I love the track up there. It's it's kind of a... Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's kind of like sports drum. It's a little longer on the straightaways, a little higher banking. Um, but it's it's also one of my favorite tracks. It's really hard to choose. Um, obviously, I've got the wins at Salem and, and the wins at Five Flags down there in Florida, so those are kind of marquee tracks and kind of hold a special place for me. But um, I've had plenty of good runs at Anderson. I've got a win at Anderson. I just turned my fastest lap I've ever turned at Anderson this past weekend. Um, so Anderson's becoming a pretty good pretty good track for me. Yeah, and actually, Harold Adams and I actually were at that Angola race. That was the first time we've ever been there. We decided to go up. Anytime we can be fans, that's what we love to do. That's our relaxed time because anytime we're not working, it's always great. Working's fun, too. But uh, now talk about, tell our viewers why you chose to race on the Vorse Compact Touring Series. Um, you know, we always ask different things. You know, I see it a lot. I got friends in the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, World of Outlaws. Of course, everyone, it's no secret, they are competitors. Um, you know, some guys choose to run this series, some guys choose to run this series uh, from contingencies and all that good stuff. But why Vore's uh, Compact Touring Series? Yeah, I mean, obviously, anytime you're working around race cars, it's got to be a good time, right? Um, but the reason we kind of stepped towards the Vore Series was because at the end of 2017, there were rumors at the Sports Drum that they were going to kind of really crack down on the rules and go more back towards a, a stock class. They were going to limit us on time, and they were going to limit us on just X things that they were going to do to um, basically go backwards as a front-wheel drive division. Um, and we didn't we didn't really – not that we didn't like that or we didn't care for that, but I didn't want to go backwards. Um, I wanted to keep going forwards, and then the next step was either go to one of these traveling series or, or get a bigger car at the Sportsdrome. And I, 
nothing against the sports drum. I love the sports drum. I love the track. I wanted to try some different tracks. Um, and then we saw that Bristol was coming out. That was a big thing. We went, we went to Bristol the first year and watched. And I said, we're not coming back here without a car. So we built a car and, and went back. And we've been at Bristol since. Had a pretty good show the last year. Um, now they've got this Norks Wilsboro deal coming out. We're going to go down there in August. That's going to be fun. So we'll see. Never been to North Wilkesboro, but we were in Fort Bragg in 2017, and I got to explore North Carolina a lot, and uh, definitely passed that track, and it is incredible that they are putting the money in it, because when I passed that track, and nothing against the track, it was a deserted area, and I'm so happy they're bringing that back. Anytime you see a track come back instead of close, it's always a good thing. Uh, So now let's just talk, uh, before we wrap up, what would you say is your highlighted uh, accomplishment in your career so far in the front-wheel drives? Uh, it's definitely got to be the win at Five Flags. Um, to be the only compact series or anything that's ran at the track and to be the first person to win a compact race at that track, um, that's a, such a famous track in short track racing. You know, It doesn't get any bigger than Five Flags Speedway. Uh, maybe Winchester or even Anderson with a Red Bud, um, but Five Flags, it, it's top of the list. And then obviously Salem. Salem's a very close second just because it's a, it's a home track. Um, I had struggles at Salem the first two years as well. Um, and then to come back and win that, that last one, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, so the next question is, what are the future plans? Uh, stay in a front-wheel drive or we move up the ladder to a different kind of mobile? Uh, maybe late models? Who knows? Yeah, I think Dad and I are kind of tired of building front-wheel drives. So I think we've decided that if we build another car, the next car will be somewhat of a, either a street stock or a late model. Um as funds allow uh i kind of you know we're we're a small family racing we can't afford everything we do what we can we we afford what we can um you know and i've picked up a lot of sponsors over the last six to eight months um especially since being at pri um so i'm hoping that you know i can grow those partnerships and maybe even um move up with them to to a bigger car of some sort or something like that all right, and of course, the final thing I'll ask you, as I told you before we started, I always, and of course, every track that I go to broadcast at, I always give people a chance to thank sponsors, because without sponsors, uh, you can't really move up the ladder anywhere. Uh, now, big series are asking you to bring sponsors with you to give you a cup ride or a Camping World Truck Series ride or something like that. Sponsors are everything these days. So uh, who would you like to thank on that beautiful uh, red, blue, and black number 39? Yeah, sponsors are everything in this sport, and I, I definitely I've got a lot of them this year. Like I said, I picked up quite a few since uh, since PRI. Um, I've got to thank my three wide with DJG guys, the podcast that they they were the first ones that came to me after PRI and said we want to you know we want to help you guys out. We want to be part of this. Uh, we can't do much because we're just a couple kids, but we want to help, and they're great. They've got they've got a couple. I don't know how many episodes they've got out now, but they do an episode every so many weeks or so. Um, Austin Hadaball, he does a lot for me. He takes pictures for me. He does all my media, all of my graphics that you see on Facebook and Instagram. He does all of that for me. Um, obviously, Bare Metal, they've done a lot for me over the past. They were a sponsor for me at Sportsdrome, and they've they've come back this year. Uh, they took a break, and then this year they powder-coated and blasted the car for me. Uh, it looks fantastic, and if you need any sandblasting or powder coating done, go see them, and, and they're great people. Obviously, Bradshaw, uh, Derek Bradshaw, he, he does a lot for me as far as sourcing parts and getting parts for me. Um, Jason Waters Tuning, I just was down there last week, 
getting the car tuned before Anderson to hopefully make some you know more power for that race. Uh, Tim Snyder with Bob, Bubba Fab. He uh, he does a lot for me too as well. Just getting metal. He actually made us a um, a dirt bike start gate not too long ago that we're gonna put to the test hopefully soon. Um, Lynn Blanchard and Blanchard's Auto Service. Lynn Blanchard has gone above and beyond for me for countless people in our area just to make sure that they make it to the track and um he really really helped us out this year get the car ready to go to shady bowl because we came back from florida and that the the coupe was nowhere near being ready uh we called lynn he said yeah bring it over we did about three weeks worth of work in two nights over at blanchard's house and and i cannot thank him enough um obviously now i've got my you know my big i call him my big sponsors but i've got fluid dampener they come on this year um and sponsored us one of our dampeners for the engine we've ran their dampener on the the hatch last year and the year before and they liked what they saw in us and they were like yeah we want to you know want to help you out for the new car we're going to give you one um obviously i've had mishimoto for about a year and a half now um they give me pretty much anything that i need as far as cooling aspect goes radiators all of that um hybrid racing is one of my new ones this year they are kind of like a, a K-Swap mogul. Um, anything K-Swap you need, they've got it, or they can get it, or they can make it. Um, they've helped out this year. Jet Hot coatings, high-performance high coatings. They they uh, do ceramic coatings on, like, headers and intakes and things like that. They, um, they did an intake for us that we switched out before we went to Jason to try and make some more power. Um, Hawk Performance is probably one of my biggest ones. They gave me... I can't. I still got brakes that aren't even on the car yet, because they gave me so many brake pads and rotors and things like that. Uh, Shaft Tech is a, is a crankshaft company that they make this little diamond clawed disc that goes between the the flywheel and the crank, and it kind of locks everything together. Uh, we ran that product last year and had really good luck with it. It actually we credit it to saving our engine after Nashville in 2020. Uh, we broke a flywheel and then ran one of those and have had not had any issues since. So they gave us one of those as well. Um, Hasport Performance has, has come on board this year as well. They make all of our engine mounts and things like that. They gave us a set of engine mounts. Uh, Exidy Clutches, they're a, they're a sponsor of the series as well. I think actually Hawk just, they started sponsoring the series also. Um, but Exidy is, is giving me, not giving, but they've provided us with clutches over the last couple of years now. Um, and then my two newest ones are hypercars in, in, in New Albany. They're uh, car lot down there. He, I've known Christian for, oh, I don't even know. He went to high school with Christian, so I've known Christian for quite a while. Um, he wants to come back on board next year with a much bigger spot, much bigger you know, opportunities for that. And then Hyperco Hypercoils uh, is, this, is springs, suspension springs. So they provide us with springs now. Uh, they also provide NASCAR with their springs. So uh, that I consider that to be a pretty big deal as well. So uh, without them, none of this would be possible, and I, and I can't thank any of them enough. Yeah, well, that's why we always preach sponsors. I know that's a mouthful. Uh, but, of course, as you contested to, everything that you've just mentioned, most of those parts – help you on that race car so that's pretty cool well kyle we we wish you nothing but the best of luck on the continuation of the vorse compact touring series hopefully we'll see you back out here at salem soon enough and uh, we appreciate you yep thanks again for having me it sounds like uh with the rescheduled date for anderson i won't be able to make the fall national race here uh we are going to be present this weekend for the roval race um again can't really get the cars ready for that one yet but we will be here 
So real quick, let me get your thoughts on that. It's going to be right-hand turns. That's going to be pretty cool to see as a spectator to watch. A lot of those guys are excited for a road course. It's kind of like a NASCAR. I always tell people, these guys wanted it. You race ovals all the time. NASCAR races ovals, dirt, and now, of course, road courses. A little bit of a wrench in there for some of those point guys who may want to extend their points. Yeah, they're going to have their hands full, especially if they've never ran it before. Um, I know Vors has come down and ran it before. Our guys, they say they didn't like it. Um, I liked it when I ran it when it was just Salem sanctioned event. Um, I loved it. You know, I, I didn't have very good luck, but it was it was a fun course, fun track to run. And if you like shifting and you like road courses, there's not much better than running 33 degrees of banking on a high bank track and then going to a flat track. There's nothing better. Well, there he is, ladies and gentlemen, the number 39 on the Vores Compact Touring Series, Kyle Frame. We appreciate him coming on today on the Wild Will Throwdown. Up next, we're going to preview the schedule for this weekend, June 17th, 18th, and 19th here in the area. All right, another great interview there, and great to have Kyle Frame on the program today. Now it's time to check out the a little bit around the area, the upcoming races around the area here. Brownstown Speedway's back in action this Saturday night, June 18th. The Pure Stock Special. It's the Don Russ Memorial Pure Stocks. Plus the Pro Late Model Super Stock Hornets and the Crown Vicks back in action. Also, Pro Late Model Makeup feature from May 14th. So, of course, Mother Nature playing another row. Yeah, as it is always, like we say, things are lining out now, looking good. But, yeah, tracks are still following up on races that were rescheduled, postponed, whatever. So we're still seeing that in the schedules as we look at it now of course a place that you and i call home again now the mount lawn speedway we were there last night uh, very long night but man great racing all around we had the cra van hoy oil street stocks last night this sunday we will have the cra van or it's not the van hoy but it's the late model sportsman's uh making their return and man you and i have been up there many times for a sportsman late model race and now salem has acquired those this year as well uh, but always a great car count in the sportsman's yeah, they always put on a heck of a show. Like I said, we've seen them up there a couple times at Mount Lawn. Whenever, whenever they're up there, it's always a great show. So uh, we're really looking forward to that again two weeks in a row that we'll be at Mount Lawn. And then, of course, uh, we have the Accelerated Race Cars Pro Compacts up there. They had over 20 of those. Uh, JW Photography Stock Compacts, they had those as well. And, man, 24 to 25 Redbone Pizza and Chicken Crown Vicks yesterday, and that was an action-packed feature race event. Yeah, it was really hard to keep up with that, that track the way it is as we've talked about it. There was action all the way around the track, cars are getting in each other all the time, especially in that short turn. But uh, it was it was a great thing to see, and of course a couple of our locals came away with the top two finish. Yeah, John Lister always fast up at Mount Lawn Speedway, and of course he's won a championship there, of course. Uh, but yeah, this week, I mean, you got to talk about the facility. $10 general mission, that's pretty impressive for anywhere um, to get in for a CRA program. Usually you, you see 15 to $25, anywhere in that range, but uh, always uh, very accommodating up there at Mount Lawn. Yeah, well worth the price, no doubt about it. Everybody got their money's worth. And, uh, you know, we was kind of wondering about the crowd up there, as a matter of fact, yesterday, because it rained earlier in the morning and during the afternoon. We was thinking it was going to keep the crowd down. But, no, they came out in full force, and the stands were packed, and uh, they got treated to a great show. All right, of course, you know, we heard Mother Nature. You know, Anderson gets rained out uh, once again, and then uh, a lot of other places got rained out over the weekend, and uh, that's unfortunate. That seems to be the go, but uh, the extended forecast looks better. 
hot, but at least it's sunny looking like from here on out because we got a lot of action this weekend. Uh, but one big, huge thing this weekend that we have here at Salem Speedway is the first appearance by the National Compact Touring Series uh, from Rev X. And man, they will actually be 100 laps on the Roval. Those guys aren't used to right hand turns. That's the way the course is going to be laid out. Uh, and then the MR Heating and Air Crown Vicks, uh, they will be at a points race that was added. Uh, Bill and I have talked about. Uh, so the, a lot of cars, there's guys going out buying Crown Vicks that's going to race in this contest. Uh, 100 laps, or excuse me, yes, 100 laps, 100 to start, 700 to win for Crown Vicks. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Oh, there's a lot of people have been talking about that. They like that different course, that Roval course, the Crown Vic guys and the uh, uh, frontal drives basically will get to do that. And I just want to give a shout out to some of my competitors that race regularly with me down at Sportstrom in the Race 8 Series. Some of those guys are going to give it a go up here. I think they're going to do really good on that Roval, so uh, they're looking forward to it. Like I say, uh, something I didn't mention before I want to say, uh, I want to shout out to my uh, sponsor of the Race 8 Series, Merrill Beerman Excavating. Uh, so a lot of those guys are going to be up here, so it's going to be great to see and uh, uh, be pulling for those guys. Yeah, definitely going to benefit figure eight guys and a lot of the big story on that because the setup on the right-hand turn. So it's going to be interesting, but we've heard all week from the National Compact guys. They are ready. They've asked for a road course type event. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. I think about 22 to 25 of those guys have uh, signed up. Uh, so that's going to be very interesting for multiple states. Uh, but now you got to talk a little bit about Sportstrom, what they have coming up, and our friends at the Indianapolis Speedrome. Yeah, down at the uh, sports room down there in Jeffersonville, it's basically uh, a w- regular weekly show plus, as I always like to say, because there's some weeks like this where they add some things. But yeah, they're going to have the uh, Kentucky and a tank wash modified figure eights, the ICA dumpster sportsman, and then the affordable Fords will be on the oval and the figure eight. Plus, we're also going to pick up the affordable Fords powder puff division they'll be running on one of their limited uh, times during the season also we're going to see the young gun front wheel drives in action too so basically about six divisions in action so it should be a great time there and then up north up at the indianapolis speedrome they got another big event for their late model figure eight uh we've seen a, a big race a few weeks ago of course the big shootout which was an awesome race. So they're going to follow that up now with a big Jake's 150 event. It's always one of their biggest of their biggest races, something that a lot of those guys like to uh, support, uh, a lot of money on the line there. So we'll be looking for uh, a big car count on that, and uh, we'll be keeping up and seeing uh, how that goes this Saturday night at the Indianapolis Speedrome. And, you know, that Jake's 150 has been added this year as a World Figure 8 Tour stop. Um, so that's going to intrigue a lot of other guys. Ronnie Basham, of course, running for that championship. Um, there, there's a lot of these local guys spreading their wings a little bit. You know, Painesville Speedway up in Ohio's coming up. I'm going to be out there calling that one. That's a World Figure 8 Tour stop. Did you know this? The richest Payne World Figure 8 Tour stop is Painesville now. I believe it's going to try to... Randy, I talked to him. He's going to try to make it over a $4,000 to win event. Uh, last year, it was $4,000 to win. Uh, so, always fun. And then, of course, some guys are going to go out to Colorado. I'll be out in Denver and Colorado uh, September. Those guys are going to be out there. That's going to be interesting. We'll talk about more of that. But that looks like a large figure 8 course out there in the Rockies. Yeah, they run like a, a regular figure eight division out there, sort of like a, a late model sportsman type cars is what they run. It seems like a big course from what we've seen on the 
pictures and the video. But those guys uh, that run that, they love that figure eight. And they've been really keeping up with the uh, stories and stuff on Race 8 and on social media about the Outlaw figure eights. And they seem to really like it. And some of those guys are like looking to buy cars or build cars just for that race. And then we could see uh, some of those guys maybe make it out here for the uh, World Figure 8 Tour. Uh, excuse me, World Figure 8 three-hour event maybe in September. Yeah, absolutely. Bottom line, tons of great racing this weekend coming up, uh, whether it's Salem, Sportstrom, anywhere else. Of course, we'll be talking about a lot next week. We will talk about the 4th of July weekend uh, here soon because uh, that one's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I know we got a big one here, the Firecracker 200, always a huge event. Uh, but, you know, this has been another wonderful episode of the Wild World Throwdown today. Of course, we always want to thank the production team and staff at Dirt 2 Media, Hawk Carroll Adams, for coming on today. And remember, race fans, drivers, crews, always, always, always support your local short track, and I will see you around the turn.